Hello listeners, David Newton here. I hope you're having as much fun listening to the program as I am producing content for it each and every week. Although this is a free podcast for all of our listeners, contributions from supporters really help me to keep this going. To show your support, please visit RoosterTailTalk.com and locate the support tab. Every contribution helps this podcast to continue to bring you more Hydroplane news, interviews, and history. Now, enjoy the show. Tail Talk, a podcast dedicated to everything related to the sport we all love, hydroplane racing. I'm your host, David Newton, and it's time once again, so sit back, relax, and welcome to Tail Talk. It is August 3rd, 2021, and this is episode 75. Now, the last episode we had was with Eric Corning the president and CEO of Seafair. I wanted to get that out last week for a couple of reasons, mainly because of scheduling conflicts. I wanted to make sure there's an episode out. And I know a lot of the fans coming off of the high of the Columbia Cup were missing Seafair and wanted to get some kind of closure on why that wasn't happening this year. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed talking with Eric and I really enjoy knowing that there will be a Seafair next year. And I'm really looking forward to that next year. But I really want to talk about the Columbia Cup. I was fortunate enough to be able to go in person when I took my family. My extended family were there. We had a couple of canopies on the beach there. I really enjoyed the weekend. We need to have a recap on it though. Um, I saw a lot of friends there in Tri-Cities for the four days. was really glad to be back in person. And I really just have to congratulate Kathy Powell and the whole team at Waterfallies for getting this pulled off on such short notice. It was less than a month from the date of the event that they announced that they were going to go through and hold the event, even with the COVID precautions and all of the different things they had to really change to make sure this event could happen. And it didn't go off with any issues. They, they weren't able to run any boats on Friday because of some various algae, we're not calling it milfoil, but it's, it's a pond scum that was out there. Um, maybe it was a, the creature of the Black Lagoon, but it was enough. there was enough debris out there to close the course for Friday. But thankfully, Saturday, the boats were on the water. Now, if you weren't there, hopefully you got to watch it in, on the streaming services on YouTube. I know they put out another great product this weekend with the streaming services, but Man, it was just fun to be there in person. One thing, I, I am jealous if you were able to stay home. Hopefully you had air conditioning and you're able to stay cool. It was pretty toasty over the weekend. hit 100 degrees on Sunday. But with this episode, we're going to talk about a few different things. I've got some fan interviews you'll get to listen into. I'm going to talk about the museum boats. And of course, we're going to talk about the race. But before anything else, I want to talk about qualifying. For me... That is one of the highlights of the weekend is watching the qualifying runs and seeing how well each boat performs. And it really showed there's a lot of parity in the sport. Six of the eight boats were all within a few miles an hour. They were within that 155 to 158 mile per hour mark. Obviously, the 
440 was a little bit lower. They were in the mid 140s. But that magic number of 160 miles per hour looked like it was going to be elusive this weekend and didn't think we we're going to have a boat hit that mark. Fortunately, the Home Street Bank, it did. Now, they surprised some fans. They brought their new boat out, which I didn't think they were going to have out this year because they talked about running the older boat for the rest of the season. But they brought that new boat out, and man, it was fast. I think my favorite moment of the weekend for myself was I finally got my son down to the river. He was having a hard time with the air show. He, he has a hard time with loud noises and, and crowds and different things. But got him down to the waterfront, and we had a nice little spot entering the corner there on the right side near the pits on the Kennewick side. And when Jimmy Shane did his lap of 166 miles per hour, which I was totally blown away with. I didn't think I would see such a, a fast speed. I was hoping to see over 160, but 166, that was impressive. It was just so fun to see him hit that corner, that wall of water come up in the air, and it was carrying so much speed in the corner. Uh, it was fun because my, my son, when he saw that, he just said, whoa, <laughs> he was speechless. Uh, he's six years old, but, and he can talk. He, he's a talker, but all he could say at that moment was, whoa. And that was so fun to share that moment with my son and see that hot lap. Unfortunately, it didn't stand. They did go over on fuel flow uh, just by a smidge. So they had to come out again and requalify, which they did. And they were the top qualifier, Home Street Bank qualified at 162.203 miles per hour and they were legal on that attempt so right off the bat home street bank showed they were fast and they were forced to reckon with throughout the weekend and they really were they won all their preliminary heats going into the final heat my prediction i had of the eight strong racing entry with jim michael kelly wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do it looked like home street bank had it really in the bank for their win but we'll talk about the final heat in a little bit. One of the fun things that the Columbia Cup always brings every year is they have the museum boats there. They have the vintage hulls. And this year they brought four different boats. The museum brought three over. They brought the 1973 Payne Pack, the 1958 Bartol, the 1957 Miss Wahoo. And the Evans brothers, they brought over their vintage boat. I'm not sure what year they want to quantify this as, but... It's a quasi-scale blue chip. It's, a, it's an original paint scheme that they put on there. We'll give it a 1960s date, but they brought that boat out there, and that was fun to see them, all four of them, out in the water. And one thing the fans love is they just love hearing the sounds of those Allison and Merlin engines out there. So why don't we take a minute, pretend you're back, back there over the weekend on the shoreline and hearing the vintage boats out on the water.
Now, I know you're a true Hydra fan. If you have goosebumps in your arms right now, man, that's such a beautiful sound. Hope that brought you back there to the beaches of the Columbia Cup Sunday afternoon just for a minute. You know, that was so much fun. Let's do it one more time. Listen as they pass one last time before we talk about the racing. Gosh, it's so much fun to hear those sounds. Love hearing the aircraft engines out there on the water. But let's talk a little bit about the racing. Now, Saturday had two rounds of heats that they ran. Heats 1A, 1B, 2A, and 2B. And Sunday had the last two rounds and the final heat. On Saturday, we saw heat victories by Andrew Tate with the Graham Trucking winning heat 1A. 1B went to Miss Home Street with Jimmy Shane. 2A went to J. Michael Kelly. In the U8, Miss Tri-Cities, and 2B, again, went to Jimmy Shane. On Sunday morning, they did have a round of testing. Most of the boats went out there on the water. A few of the boats actually went out multiple times. I noticed that Dave Vilwak went out twice in the, in the U40 Beacon Plumbing, and they actually did a lap of 159, got really close to 160. They showed some improvement, and they were geared towards doing really well in this Columbia Cup. I expected to see them have a stronger showing at the final heat, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. The other boat that went out twice was actually the Miss Home Street Bank. They went out and did multiple runs Sunday morning and looked like they had a really solid ride. Not only was it fast, but it was solid and it looked like the perfect setup for Jimmy Shane. On Sunday, Jimmy continued his dominance. He won both heats 3A and 4A pretty dominantly over the competition. In heats 3B, J. Michael Kelly got his second heat victory of the day, or of the weekend, winning heat 3B, while 4B actually went to Jamie Nielsen after Andrew Tate was disqualified for a fuel violation. This set a really fast-paced final heat. Unfortunately, Dave Oak had multiple penalties throughout the weekend of not maintaining 80 miles an hour, bearing out in the heat, fuel flow violations, and was deemed to be the trailer boat in the final. On the front line, we had Jimmy Shane in the Home Street Bank, Jay Michael Kelly in the U8 Miss Tri-Cities, Corey Peabody in the Pinnacle Peak Consulting, Jamie Nielsen in the J&Ds, Andrew Tate in the Graham Trucking, and Jimmy King in Griggs Ace Hardware. It looked to be a fun and fast final heat, and before the final heat occurred, I had a chance to talk with a few fans on the shoreline. Let's listen in to one fan who's been around the races in the Columbia Cup for a few years. I'm down here on the beach on the Kennewick side with Kirk, and it's Sunday. How has the race been so far today, Kirk? It's 102 degrees, no wind, it's perfect. <laughs> I, I ideal racing conditions, yeah. good racing. Yeah. Maybe not so much ideal for the fans on the beach. but Oh, no, it's been hotter than this before, <laughs> way hotter than this. All right. 
So how long have you been a fan of the sport? Uh, since 74. 74. So are you from the area? No, uh, Wenatchee. Wenatchee. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you come down here most years over to the club? I haven't missed a year since 74. Wow. All right. Do you have any favorite memories over the years? Anyone that stands out? Uh, when the turbine boats came out and when the first pay and pack turbine came out with waters and, um, of course, the Bud Dominance and um, uh, Tom DeEath and the reverse stack 5,000 horse turbine GE motor. Uh, I have lots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't have any Columbia Cup last year, no racing that last year, no Seafair this that year. That was a bummer. What does it mean to be back here and have racing? Oh, it's again? really good, and I really appreciate how they got this done in a short time. Yeah. It was, they did a good job. You know, we don't see quite as many as people, but it's a hell of a turnout today, I think. Yeah, yeah the shores are still packed. I mean, there's some spaces, but there's still a lot of people here. Yes, yes, and it's uh, they put on a good event. It's really good. You know, the milfoil problem wasn't their, their fault. You know, we had a little water level issue, I think, but they got that solved, and we had a big day yesterday. Before we go, do you have a favorite boat you're rooting for this, this weekend? Uh, yeah, the three. The Allison, the Cooper boat. We love the Cooper boat. We need more, more piston boats yes. back. They need to change the rules so we can have, so they can have a fuel flow, so they can run the whole circuit. Yeah. Well, it's fun to hear the sound again, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's lovely. Yeah. It's always fun to run into a hardcore and dedicated fan such as Kirk was. It's impressive to hear he's been at every race since 1974, hasn't missed one yet. Well, walking down the shoreline, it's not hard to find more of those fans in the Tri-Cities area, but I did happen to run across one super fan you'll recognize from an episode two years ago at the last Columbia Cup. Let's listen in to the next fan interview. All right, it's pre-final heat time. I'm down here in Kennewick. I found, once again, super fan david ramirez we talked to him a couple years ago back at the last columbia cup david how are you doing oh we're doing excellent we're excited for this uh, 2021 season and we're ready to get it off and looks really excellent yeah what does it mean to you to have racing here again after no racing last year due to covid and this almost not happening this year Oh, it's immense. It's immense for this community. It's immense for the hydroplane community. It's, uh, it's just a great sport all around. It's, it's something that we all need. So it's, uh, we're once again, we're back. We're here at the 2021 Columbia Cup. Ready to do it. I've seen you down here a few years now, and you're always, you always got a game face on. You're always excited for the races. What draws you down here to the races every year, and what drives you to be a fan? Well, there's a, that's can, that can go on all sorts of multiple levels, but the one thing is that it's just to promote this community, the community of hydroplane racing and the community of, of the Tri-Cities and how much we are embedded into this sport. And so I really try to, my, my demographics are the people that don't know about it. And so I really go after them and strive for the ones that don't know because we have enough people out here that know about it. But we need a little bit more of that in this sport as we know. So that's where we're at. I see you're wearing Home Street Bank polo. You got a hat. Is it safe to say you're rooting for Home Street this year? Well, like always, since Home Street has taken sponsorship, 
super fan home street dave has been here as a number one fan and <laughs> yeah we do it we do it right so uh uh, we bank we bank with Home Street. We highly recommend to seeing your local Home Street gals and gal and guys and and get to know them because you know what they are really family. And once you become part of family, well, you know what there ain't no turning back. So, and uh, we're Home Street all the way. That's right. And we're looking real good this year. And uh, here on the 2021 Columbia Cup, uh, I think Home Street. I'm putting money down on that baby. All right, well, they did lap 166 yesterday. They're perfect so far today. You think they can win the final today? Oh, no doubt in my mind. No doubt in my mind. Jimmy, Jimmy's the man. He's always has been the man. He hasn't had a whole lot of luck on the Columbia Cup when it comes to home street in the Columbia Cup. But that's all right because you know what? This is our year. Uh, yeah, we're going to land it at that. This is the year. This is the, We're taking it home. Uh, we're all taking it home as fans. We're taking it home as, as crew members, uh, sponsors. This is it. All right, well, thank you, David, and enjoy that final heat. Oh, I will. <laughs> you can really hear the enthusiasm in David's voice and how much he loves the sport of hydroplane racing as well as his community of the Tri-Cities. He certainly loves the Tri. Well, going down the beach before the final heat, I found previous owners, crew members, crew chiefs that turned race fans I thought this would be a great opportunity to talk to them and what brought them back as race fans to the Tri-Cities. All right, sitting here on the Kennewick side with two fans now. They've had a long exposure to the sport. I'm talking with Jay LaCrone and Denise Harl. How are you both doing today? Oh, we're doing great. I've had a blast being a spectator this weekend. This Some, sometimes it's a lot easier to be a spectator than it is to, uh, to actually be working on the boat. But when you have a lot of friends that are still working on boats, it's kind of hard to go, why is your boat doing this? Why haven't you looked at this? How long have you two been around the sport? Like when, when did you get involved, first involved or first become fans of the sport? I've been racing hydroplanes since I was 12, uh, back when my dad raced. And then, uh, of course, I started uh, with the Mr. Pringles back when they ran the TF-25s and then just swept the shop and stuff like that. And then moved over to the U11 when Bill Wooster Jr. owned it. So that was like in 87, 88. So basically from 88 on, I've been involved in some way or another with the sport. A few years. How about you, Denise? Well, about 10 years ago, I met this guy. And he was a Ken Muscatel's crew chief. So I kind of just wormed my way in to being on the crew. And um, ever since then, just... I'm either crewing for Ken or, or driving a hauler. Most of these haulers in the pits here, I've driven at least once across country. Well, I know some people don't really stay around the sport once they're done working on boats or you know being part of the teams, but you're here as fans. What what brings you back? Um, I don't know. The weather, the the the, the family we have. Um, we've got a lot of friends who've been spectating for years and. Just to, you know, keep our finger on the pulse a little bit. And that's exactly it. Uh, you know, you never say never when it comes to this sport. So, you know, we come back and try to keep in touch with everybody, see how the boats are running. It's really hard to get out of the sport and then jump back into it because the, the technology actually changes and the way the boats are set up changes from year to year. And that's why I always give hats off to Ed Cooper. He only comes out once a year, and it's almost always competitive. Well, do you have any, you have any favorite teams you're following this year, or favorite that you're hoping are winning this weekend? 
Without a doubt, Andrew Tate. Yeah, without a doubt, Andrew Tate, because I've known Andrew since he was in his mommy's tummy. <laughs> so, you know, years, then. yeah, having raced against Sandy and raced against Martin, knowing, uh, knowing the grandfather, of course, um, and then crewing for the close call and Winston Eagle and just racing against Mark and knowing Mark and then watching his son grow. It's kind of like watching, I can't wait for Bobby King is the next guy that I want to see come up. So, anyways. Awesome. Well, before we go, any favorite memories from Tri-Cities or over the years you have? <laughs> yeah, it has to do with your dad. <laughs> and we flipped, Ken flipped the boat the Silver Dollar Casino back here and we drug it back and it was broken half. It was actually broken six spots. And I can remember your dad with his shirt off in the water and basically all the jokes that came around you, of course if you know your dad, he was he was a little large. So we had some we had some words for him being out there in the water. But it was a, even though the boat flipped and was all broke up, uh, you were still able to find some fun in that. How about you Denise? You know, I think this weekend's been my fondest memory, just being out here, hanging out with the spectators, and um, not no stress of having to run a boat or be in the pits with a team running a boat. I think this is my f- most favorite weekend ever. Well, here are the GPs on the water, so I'll let you enjoy that and enjoy the final heat. Thank you. Thank you. It was really fun seeing Jay and Denise on the shoreline there. I've known Jay for a few years. It was nice to meet Denise. And I hope to see them be back involved in the sport in some form or another. Well, it's it. Let's talk about the final heat. And I got to say, before I talk about this, this was the final heat the fans deserved and have has waited for all year. One boat didn't walk away from it. It wasn't a cakewalk for anyone. It was a tough and f- hard-fought battle. Now, with predictions, I like doing this predictions before the races, Going into this, into the Columbia Cup, I was one for two on race predictions. The fan votes were undefeated. They were 2-0 and oh going into this. Uh, turns out we were both wrong. I predicted J. Michael Kelly to be the victor on Sunday. The fans voted for Jimmy Shane to win in the Home Street Bank boat. But it was it was a bit of a surprise final heat. Some slicing and dicing happened before the start. The drivers lined up and I'm really happy with how Jamie Nielsen in final heat so far this year, he's gotten lane one in two of the three final heats and he's, he's gotten lane one away from everyone, which is hard to do when you have Andrew Tate, J. Michael Kelly, who are kind of the Kings of getting lane one. Jimmy Shane's usually in there. Vilwak got in, inside of Jimmy Shane a couple times this weekend. So it was great to see Nielsen put it in there and really give a shot for the 11 to hope to try to win the race. But coming up to the start, Nielsen was in lane one with the J&Ds. Lane two was J. Michael Kelly with eight, strong racing, Miss Tri-Cities. Lane three, Corey Peabody in the Pinnacle Peak Consulting. Lane four was Andrew Tate. Five on the outside was Jimmy Shane. And he actually got, he didn't really get a good start. He was almost a rooster behind everyone at the start on the outside. He did not have it in position where he needed to be to win and jimmy king was on the far outside in the griggs ace hardware well going to the first turn it was rough but the leader was j michael kelly and he led this the race for about three and a half laps or so 
but it was a race of attrition on lap two. Uh, Jamie Nielsen went through J. Michaels Rougetel. I don't know if there was um, overlap there, but it looks like he went went through the Rougetel, and I believe that's where his wing damage started for the 11. On the next lap, Andrew Tate in that same corner, I believe he went over and ran over a wing, which damaged his prop, and that he was out of the race. And J. Michael Kelly, whether he ran over his own parts or his different boat's parts, he uh, damaged his propeller as well. And going into the last lap, he had to slow down. The boat was kind of falling apart on him, which gave the advantage to Corey Peabody, who wasn't giving up the whole race. He was right on the outside, tucked away on the outside of J. Michael Kelly. Well, was probably, I think at most, he was a half of his tail behind. But he caught up, took over the lead, and he surprised the Hydro World and won his first race on the Columbia Cups with a nine. So he got the first victory for the Tri-Cities own team in Tri-Cities. It's the first time a boat owned by a Tri-Cities owner has won in the Tri-Cities. It was so much fun to watch. And really, it kind of brought back some memories 20 years back. It wasn't fully like it, but it got some shade of a Zenetics win in 2001 where the boats teamed up on the inside, hot pushed out the fast boat, the Budweiser on each lap to give Terry Troxel the win on the inside with shades of that, where the, the team was able to work together, push some of the boats around and find their victory. It was such a fun win for the team and the crowd on the shoreline, they were cheering really loud for that, that win. They were happy to see Corey win and they're happy to see the locally owned team win the Columbia Cup. So congratulations to Corey Peabody, Daryl Vanessa Strong, the Tri-Cities racing team, the Tri-Cities. What a fantastic race that was. I talked to a lot of fans after the race and they were kind of in awe and just loved how that final heat laid out. It was so much fun to watch. And we're looking forward to one more race this year in San Diego. Now, thankfully for the teams, there is a month and a half um, <laughs> delay before the next race because a lot of teams have some broken parts they got to fix. So the 12, they went through multiple wings this weekend. They've got to build up some wings and some spare parts. They broke a propeller. Thankfully, everything else in the boat was intact. Andrew did a great job of shutting it off when he felt the vibration so he did not lose the strut or create more damage to the boat or gearbox or whatever. But they have some work to do to be ready for San Diego. The 11's got to build up some wings. The 8, they they broke a propeller and they broke wings, and hopefully they didn't break anything else in that finish. But they've got some work to do. The 40, the Beacon Plumbing, they broke some wings on Saturday. They had some backup parts. I'm sure they'll want to build up their arsenal and their backups. It'll be interesting to see how everything lays out for San Diego. Well, taking a look at the point standings, after three races, one race left to go, the boat point standings hasn't really changed. Going into this race, um, the U1, given real estate, Miss Home Street Bank, was in the lead for points. They extend their, extended their lead. They were actually racing really closely, the Graham Trucking. The Graham Trucking had a not great point weekend. So the Home Street Bank now has over an 800-point lead going into the last race. I think with two heat victories, they'll be able to come away with the national championship for this year. But the driver's points 
got really shaken up over the weekend. Jimmy Shane was trying to catch his lead up with Andrew Tate, which he did so. He passed Andrew Tate. Andrew Tate's now in fourth place for points. But Jimmy Shane is still a couple hundred points from the leader. J. Michael Kelly had a great points weekend, and he is now currently the national driver's points leader. He has about a 200-point lead over Jimmy Shane. So that's going to be a really close race and battle in San Diego. It'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, they'll get some heat draws together, and we can see them dice it up in San Diego. Unfortunately, like as I said before, Andrew Tate had not a very good point weekend. He is now about 600 points behind in the points chase. But Corey Peabody, with his victory, he is only about 500 points behind the leader. So it's going to be a close battle for the driver's points going into the last race. Technically, any one of these four drivers, Andrew Tate, Corey Peabody, Jimmy Shane, or Jim Michael Kelly, could possibly win the driver's points. We'll see how that lays out. And we'll talk more about predictions on that in an upcoming episode. Well, did you enjoy the race? Did you have fun? I hope you did because it was some close battles. There was great racing all day Saturday, all day Sunday. It was, was not a snooze fest at all. Some great battles on the water. And Strong Racing did another shake and bake finish. They finished 1-2. Corey Peabody, congratulations again to you for winning. J. Michael Kelly, congratulations for being able to finish after your broken boat broke <laughs> with a few laps left to go, getting second place, and sharing that victory with your teammate and friend. And once again, congratulations to Daryl and Vanessa Strong. Really glad to see them in the sport and really making a big splash in a big way on their first year, possibly winning the Drivers Points Championship, looking great on every race and winning two of the three races so far. But regardless, hope you enjoyed the race and we'll see you next week. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our episode. Make sure you come back next week to listen to our next episode. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player, as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates on Hydro News, check us out on social media. We're on the major players, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Rooster Tail Talk is also online with our website, www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for an email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, Hydro News, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. And if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website through the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.